0: Strawhut Media. If you displayed any amount of vulnerability as a kid or as a teenager, chances are you had a bully at some point growing up. It isn't hard to get a bully. People will torture you for just about anything: being too small, being too big, for being a different color, or for being queer. Maybe you were too quiet, or maybe you were too loud. Being bullied sucks. It's as simple as that. And the internet brings so many more opportunities for people to be mean to one another. My guest today has found himself on all sides of that relationship. He's been bullied, and he's even been a bully. Not anymore though, don't worry. Now, he's a bully fighter of sorts. Brett the Intern is actually a lot of great things. He's funny, successful, and gay to name a few. One thing that Brett the Intern is not, an intern. At least, not anymore. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. What do Jerry Springer and Conan O'Brien have in common? Besides the random fact that Jerry Springer had a very brief cameo on a 2007 episode of Late Night, they're both worth a lot of money, and they both employed a very special intern.
1: Hello, my name is Brett. Um, On the internet, people know me as Brett the Intern. Um, But my name is Brett Lemmick, and I'm a big, friendly guy who works in entertainment.
0: Brett has been working in the entertainment industry for a long time. He got his start interning at radio stations in the suburbs of Chicago, where he grew up. Then he worked his way up to an internship with NBC Universal on The Jerry Springer Show in 2008.
1: And um, that's when I started documenting what it was like to, you know, work there, to to be an intern for uh, The Jerry Springer Show. And I even like, you know, I, I wasn't dumb. I got permission from like associate producers and I interviewed them. And um, that's kind of where Brett, the intern started. Um but I, uh, <laughs> on my second to last day of the internship, I was brought into an office. I guess they flew a lawyer uh, from L.A. to Chicago to let me go and make an example out of me. So that was the end of, of that chapter of uh, Brett the Intern, but it really just, you know it just started from there, and then my interest in putting my message and my content out there that was just the beginning, and it really grew from there.
0: You know what? It's actually pretty legit. You were like terminated at the top level from NBC Universal. They needed an attorney to do it. It was a big deal.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. it was, And it was like the executive producer. It was Jerry Springer's boss who brought me in and like started complimenting my videos. And it was all like sneaky about it. And it was like, yeah, you're doing some uh, good things, huh? You think you're pretty clever with your... Uh, and then he was like mentioning different videos. And and this was before me crying. I was like, oh, well, thank, I
0: hope you're subscribed. Obviously, getting the boot from Jerry Springer was not the end of the road for Brett. He continued making funny videos from inside his fraternity house. Yes, Brett the intern was in a frat in college. He was even the fraternity president. He also played on the football team in high school and won Homecoming King four years in a row.
1: At this point, I was in the closet. Uh, There was a lot of things that uh, I was dealing with. And whether it was inward or outward, I was just making stuff. Um, (laughs) Like, I, I wasn't really... I wouldn't say that I was the closest and most connected to my fraternity brothers. Cause we were on different paths. I was afraid of like getting wasted and accidentally coming out. So I would just sort of be locked up in my room, like teaching myself video editing. And, uh, and I had my internet friends and I sort of built a community there. And, and, and without knowing I was like rising through the ranks and this was before you could make money on YouTube. And I had a whole online community and, um, and that's kind of where it started until um, after college when I came out online.
0: But let's back it up a bit. Before he came out, Brett was making videos and living with his fraternity brothers and trying to figure out who he was and what he liked.
1: It had been so long, just me keeping this inside, me changing my personality, me just like even being homophobic, uh, you know, like if my if people were watching in our like frat house living room, like, oh, we're going to watch uh, Brokeback Mountain, you know, won some awards and this and that. I'm just like, I'm not going to watch that. Ew. Like, no, no thanks. And I would just go up my room and just feel sorry for myself that I, I don't get to be exposed to the things that I want to the most.
0: During the summer of 2008, when he wasn't working for Jerry Springer at NBC Universal, Brett was making extra money as a bouncer and security guard. Then gay pride rolled around and a local bar named Roscoe's needed a little extra muscle.
1: So I was in the closet bouncing at a gay bar and it was just like, it's a version of torture. Like, um, I, I don't know why I put myself in these situations, but I did. And, um, so I decided it was enough. You know, I didn't want to, um, suppress my giggle anymore or cross my legs a different way, um, intentionally because it seemed like this or I didn't want people to know it was always on my mind. Um, or the opposite, it was never on my mind, and I was numb so it was one of the two. It was either like torturing me or numbing me you know like in college it was it was kind of like a, a quantitative study. I would be with different sorority girls and figuring out how how it felt, and you know I, I really wanted to get it right before I you know brought the message public um, and Coming, you know, coming out, having never been with a guy, too, that that uh, was really scary. Um, and it's kind of like going around, you know, uh, telling everybody, like, oh, I love apple pie. I love it. I love apple pie. I want to commit to eating apple pie for the rest of my life. Um, have, haven't had it, but I, I like the idea of apple pie. <laughs> um, you know, Brett changes Facebook status. Interested in apple pie. Um, turns out it, I, I really did love apple pie a lot.
0: Like so many queer people in the public eye. Brett's coming out story had an online version and an IRL version.
1: So I'd say yeah, pretty straightforward for all my friends and family. I uh, just one by one, you know, uh, met with each of them. I even like scheduled like Tuesday night at 630. I'm coming to your house and we're going to have dinner. And I I had like in my phone each like coming out appointment with every family member um, and they all took it well. Uh, each each person took it differently. Um, you have you know my eldest brother, uh, who <laughs> was just like laughing and and uh, and told my sister in law like, "Welcome to the family." He's he's fucking with you. You're you're not gay. And I'm like, no, I I, I am, and, I, and then I found myself for the next like five minutes trying to prove it. Like, did, did I have like a, a business card from one of the the bars or like? Um, but eventually, he he understood that this was not a prank. I, I am a type of person who might prank, but um, yeah, this was like a important time for him to believe me. And and he was not the only one. It, it took some time for a few different people. And my mom, on the other hand, she. Thought it was you know, she was she was really cracking up. She thought it was hysterical that she missed it. And you know she comes from theater, and you know um, she like went uh, to you know study acting in New York. She left Chicago when she was like the uh, teenager to pursue acting. So she has a lot of you know like gay friends, and and is very much accepting of all that. Um, and so she was just she thought it was hysterical, and uh, and. You know, at my wedding, she's like, here's the seven reasons I should have known that Brett was gay.
0: And number one, the top thing I missed that Brett was gay. On Halloween, when the boys had decorated their pumpkins or jack-o'-lanterns, I asked what their pumpkins' names were. Dustin's was Ninja. Jordan's was Dracula. Brett's was called Shirley. As you can tell, charm and humor run in the family. In a minute, we'll hear about how Brett came out to, well, the internet. I'm just thankful that he found someone in the world who gets him and loves him as much as we do. On April 1st, 2008, Brett the intern posted a video to his YouTube channel called April Fools is Gay.
1: Dear female viewers, I don't really know how to say this, but I'm gay. I don't know it could be a joke um i don't know why i chose that day um but for the most part everyone believed it um you know obviously there were comments like haha april fools
0: i can see why you would choose april 1st because it gives you an out for coming out if you decide like wait i was kidding you know what i mean
1: ah yeah yeah well said it gives me an out for being out exactly
0: like just kidding this wasn't received like (laughs) i thought it would be i didn't mean it april fools have a great day (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Subconsciously, like maybe, maybe that was the, you know, defense mechanism that I set up, um, uh, which makes me sound so smart. Yeah. That was totally the intention. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was a fun video and, uh, and you know, it was all, uh, well the moment after I came out, I lost thousands of subscribers. Um, and back then I, you know, I, I, didn't have as, as many as, as I do now or, or grew to be, you know, um, I'd say I lost, uh, of my viewers, which was really surprising to me. I did not expect that at all. Um, So, you know, losing a couple thousand viewers uh, over the, you know, about a week, um, I started to get scared. Like something that I I loved had turned against me. And I obviously, if, you know, um, if this was a response to me being gay, then, then, you know, 24 hours into me being gay is, 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 it sucks. You know, like people are unsubscribing and like maybe they don't want to hear what I have to say. Maybe I gross them out. Maybe like, and and you internalize all of this and, uh, and there's a lot of different ways for them to express this message. One is by unsubscribing and not watching you or supporting you anymore. Another is comments, especially now where you can like, uh, you know, upvote or or thumbs up comments. If someone says something uh, bad to you, that's awful. But if, if 25 other people thumbs up that comment, it gives it even more weight. And back then, there was video responses, too.
0: Fortunately, Brett didn't have to go through that alone. Fellow YouTube star Michael Buckley reached out and sort of took him under his wing. And Brett bounced right back.
1: We collaborated, and I I got double the people I lost. Um, and they were all from his channel. They were all in in the, the queer sphere. They were all LGBT lovers and supporters and allies. And that's when the fun began. That's when my real journey uh, to authenticity and understanding who I am and and that it's beautiful. It all started just from having like a gay friend.
0: (laughs) 2008 was a huge year for Brett. He lost a hundred pounds, came out of the closet and moved to LA to intern on the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. There were so many changes and understandably, it took a minute to acclimate.
1: I was living everything for the first time. And it was, and I, I I would go to, uh, you know, the gay club by myself, uh, just kind of be awkward for a few hours and then leave by myself. I did that for a while just to sort of acclimate myself. Um, it was uh, informational. It was sad. It was lonely. Um, and ultimately I, you know, was able to get the confidence to start talking to people. And I don't think any of my, uh, online, you know, with my online persona, I don't think any of my viewers would guess that I had this 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 problem, like where I couldn't, I was bad at communicating with other gay people. Uh, I had suppressed what I was for so long. I had hated what I was for so long. I didn't understand what I was for so long that this was me just, you know, breaking through and, and it was a process. It didn't happen overnight.
0: It was around this crazy time that Brett met his husband. Can you guess where they met? That's right, on YouTube. It started with a comment, then turned into messages, and eventually a relationship. Now, they've been married for five years and together for a decade.
1: And that that started with YouTube, and that started with me coming out, that started with me putting myself out there. Had I recoiled, you know, I couldn't say the same. So yeah, beautiful things came from it for sure.
0: Brett's husband, Ray, is from Ireland. And when Section 3 of DOMA was repealed in 2013, Brett's many YouTube followers worked together to help him raise $10,000 in a month to pay for legal fees so that Ray could come to America and they could get married. So many good things happened as a result of Brett coming out. But it wasn't all fun. Still, he got through it like he gets through a lot of things— by laughing
1: when I received um, like online hate, uh, especially if it was about my weight or about my sexuality, um, I kind of got in the rhythm of laughing it off, which I that was like naturally my my gut reaction. Um, some things I turned into videos and I took their comments and sort of turned it against them and I turned it into like a rap video and uh, I and their hate fueled my creativity um, that that was most most the case. Um, Whenever I received, you know, negative comments, um, but that was a sign of growth. You know, as as I, you know, grew followers and um, I started to become more prominent uh, on online, I was going to get everything. I was going to get, you know, more of everything, more love, more hate, uh, just more views, <laughs> more everything. Um, I think if if I'm speaking um, in in reality, I, I think a lot of a lot of influencers, and this is generalizing, but I think a lot of influencers would rather receive comments of all sorts than not receive anything. You know, I'd, I'd rather have um, this, you know, I'm putting myself out, out there and I, I want to gain traction and I want to get feedback. If it's good, if it's bad, if it's whatever, it's better than one comment and that's it. You know, people are watching my stuff at least. Um, and then the next step is you'd hope for acceptance, but that's not always the case.
0: Long before mean YouTube comments, Brett had dealt with bullies very personally. As a kid, up to the sixth or seventh grade, he was teased about his weight.
1: So, um, you know, growing up sort of as a as a chubby kid, um, I you know I immediately went to uh, clowning around. You know, I was a class clown um, to kind of push away any. Bullying or, or people talking about my weight. And, you know, I, I was talking to the school psychologist, and, you know, and my mom even gave me like permission. If anyone makes fun of your weight, do what you need to do. If you get sent to the principal's office, you know, so be it. I support you. And she was giving me like a free do whatever you want card. Like, so I just, you know, this scared, chubby kid, like, if anyone calls me fat, I can, I could punch them. <laughs> um, and, and I wasn't an aggressive person. That that kind of scared me, too, because, um, you know, one of the kids who was bullying me, uh, I actually kind of had a crush on, too. I was very much in the closet, but he was this preppy, cute, short kid. Uh, and ultimately, after I warned him and warned him and, and told, you know, as I gained my confidence week after week after week, um, one, one last comment uh, ended with me uh, picking him up in the locker room and dropping him. And this was my first like act of physical, like, uh, and looking at my body and I'm like, I'm not just fat. I'm, I'm powerful. I'm big. And, And like, it really, I think was a life changing moment for, um, it was a life changing moment for me and for him. Um, but that's when I first started to see my strength and what I was
0: capable of. This past summer, Brett was invited to be the director of fine arts at his childhood summer camp, Bieber, in Wisconsin. Even though he hadn't been back in 13 years, it was his 10th summer at camp, and it was a really big deal. There were lots of opportunities to be on stage for various talent shows and events, usually filling time between acts. But during one of the first shows, something happened that he wasn't prepared for.
1: It just like blindsided me. I forgot about this side of camp, and, and it I didn't know that it still existed. Um, I was on stage and I was introducing the next act. And then from the back, the uh, the back, right, uh, it started small, then it grew and it was a chant and they were chanting truffle shuffle. And anyone who's listening, who doesn't know the truffle shuffle is, uh, I think originally it comes from the Goonies. um, And this was back in my day at camp. They had this as well. You chant truffle shuffle, usually at a a fat counselor, at a fat guy. um, And they would raise their shirt you know, sometimes like above their head and and then shake their belly. Um, so people will chant truffle shuffle until you do that. Um, this isn't chanted at female counselors. This isn't chanted usually at, you know, um, I'd say average weight counselors. This is a fat guy counselor until he shakes his belly. Uh, anyone who knows me uh, knows that I have struggled with my weight all my life. Um, it is a continuous journey. Um, body positivity all for it. I'm better at talking about it than acting upon it, but this is something that I don't feel comfortable taking off my shirt, especially in front of 400 plus people and shaking my belly. So they started chanting truffle shuffle and the chance grew from five people to 10 people to 20 people. And <laughs> at first I just ignored it and introduced the next act, um, thinking it would go away, but it didn't. And I had to figure out how to deal with this, you know, and, um, I'm the one with the microphone. I'm the the director of fine arts. I I lead the narrative on what happens next. I should be in control. I'm on stage.
0: This is the kind of situation that I never want to find myself in, when a group of kids starts chanting for you to do something humiliating in front of a room of 400 people. What are you even supposed to do?
1: I just wanted to educate them on how I was feeling in the moment, and in the moment I was taken aback. I was sad. I was a little embarrassed. Um, And I just spoke honestly. I, I, I sat down on stage and I, I, I held up my hand and got them to stop chanting truffle shuffle for, for a moment.
0: My first promise for you is that when I get up here, I will always try my best. My second promise for you is that I will never do the truffle shuffle. And I'll tell you why.
1: that so thank you for respecting my privacy i drew a boundary right then and there and then they all started applauding everyone was cheering the whole place lit up and they understood like this six foot two three hundred pound bearded dude he's got feelings and and adults have feelings and and wow (laughs) like like when we chant truffle shuffle Maybe they don't want to do it. Maybe that is, in a way, intimidating them, and and embarrassing them. And you need my consent if I'm going to take up my shirt and uh, if I'm going to take off my shirt and like shake my stomach. I need to be cool doing that, and I wasn't cool doing that. And I needed them to know that that when you chant something at someone, um, <laughs> that's more of a demand than a request. I needed them to know that this wasn't okay with me and and when they were they requested this, you know in in a, the form of a chant like like crazed townspeople with torches, truffle, shuffle. Um, it it was not meshing well with with my mental health. like I I think bullying um, it, it involves a few different things, right? Um, there's the verbal, the social and the physical. you know, there's verbal, which is just you know, like it's name calling, it's threats. Um, there's social, uh, bullying where, you know, that, that involves a lot of like rumors or leaving someone out on purpose. Uh, and then obviously physical bullying, kicking, spitting, pushing. Um, so bullying usually happens, uh, like it, it needs to be repeated behavior. Uh, and usually it involves an imbalance of power where someone who has power will seek to intimidate those who are vulnerable. That's why I don't think this was bullying necessarily because, I was the, you know, the director on stage with a microphone. Um, it was repeated, but um, I don't think they sought to harm. I just don't think they knew. I, I really don't think they understood that their words have power. And, and also, when you're kind of figuring out how vulnerable a type of person is, you wouldn't look at me and think that, you know. Um, so I think we all learned something that night. And. Uh, it's something that could have been a nightmare for me, and I'm, I'm ultimately glad that it happened. It was a learning lesson for everyone involved.
0: In just a minute, we'll learn a little Hollywood bully-themed trivia about Brett and continue our conversation. As kids, they were the best of enemies. Now they're all grown up. When he was 10, Brett auditioned for the brilliant and classic 1996 movie, Big Bully, starring Tom Arnold and Rick Moranis. The role was Tom Arnold's character as a child, Fang, a bully. Big Bully.
1: It was between me and this other kid. And it, like I got callback and callback and callback. Um, but in the end, uh, I... I wasn't big enough. (laughs) So I had been called fat and and bullied all this time. But when it came down for this like acting role, I wasn't big enough for the role, which in, in, you know, it got a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't feel that bad about it. It's a
0: great film. Just as a side note, big bully may have a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, but there are plenty of positive reviews too. Super reviewer AJV said, this is a good movie. I don't know why it's rated so low on here. The cast is good. They do a great job. I especially love Moranis and Kane. The story is both funny and realistic. What's not to like about it? Another super reviewer, Michael E., said, rented it from Stars on demand for free and watched it twice. I thought it was pretty good. Okay, moving on.
1: Big bully. I, You know, since I was 10, I was like uh, in the world of bullying, uh, whether being the bully or uh, a victim to bullying. Um yeah, it's, it's something I'm constantly learning about, but it is important not just for me to internalize the things I've learned about bullying, but to pass them on to people who are struggling who are in a more vulnerable position. I, I get to use my power for good, and it's something I don't take lightly, and, and I love to empower the people who might feel powerless.
0: So what can we do when we're feeling bullied, whether it's in person or on the internet? Sometimes it makes sense to stick up for yourself when you can look your bully in the face, Sometimes it makes more sense to get a restraining order. But what about those anonymous trolls that lurk in the comment section?
1: Uh, We all deal with conflict and resolution um, in our own way, and it depends on our personality traits. Um, I would say, looking at it from a scientific point of view, what variables can you control? Um, No matter how much we teach society and culture, we might not be able to control the words that people say, and especially in a divisive time uh, like like now, let's say we can't control that variable and it's going to be thrown our way. What we can maybe work on controlling is if, if bullying happens to the vulnerable, it's making ourselves less vulnerable and that's easier said than done it takes a lot of practice it takes a lot of support from maybe other people who are also going through this and you know it's it's kind of like you know you look at your hand and and just a finger is kind of weak and just a couple fingers is weak but if you put it together and ball it into a fist it's strong so if all of us come together we can you know a let them know this is not okay behavior uh and and b this is how we will respond to this or not respond to it you know there there's a lot of different responses we can do as individuals or as as groups. Um but I'd say in in that time each person can handle it however makes them the most comfortable. If if talking to your therapist about it that week and not responding to it and not engaging, that can be an answer for one person. Another person is is going back and forth and and really challenging that feedback. That's maybe fine for them too. It's all I would say is think about it. You know, you don't need to respond within five to 10 seconds. Think about it. Think about their actions. Think about your response because you might be uh, in a larger platform. You might get retweeted. And, like if what you say is broadcasted to the world, what would you want to say? I think my my journey with my weight is something where I the biggest bully of my of of being overweight is, is me, you know, and, and what media tells me about, about big bodies and and how we view, uh, obesity. Um, and that's, that's going to be an ongoing journey with myself, but being, you know, am I, am I 33? I think I'm 33, uh, (laughs) being, being 33 now I can handle, I can handle my body and what the world thinks of it better now than I, I could when I was a kid. But yeah, I was, I was definitely, uh, bullied uh as as a chubbier kid and that's why being a chubbier adult I can stand up for those kids when I'm on stage and and i'm and I'm you know telling people that these things are hurtful and and whether you mean to or not you're hurting people that you might see as friends or people who you neutral you're <laughs> um so to give a platform for picked on or or fat kids as well or or gay kids in the closet i I want to make the world a more inclusive and accepting place. And I want to be something for these kids that I wish I had. I wish I had like a a fat gay role model who's like, it's cool that I'm fat. It's cool that I'm gay. It doesn't matter. And not just, it doesn't matter. We should celebrate these things. They're beautiful. And I am
0: lucky that I got to do that for, for the summer camp, being that role model for them. Brett's doing that online as well. Over the years, he's received countless messages from fans and viewers about how he's helped them get through dark times. And Brett's point of view isn't exactly typical.
1: You know, I have been bullied, but I've also been the bully. I've learned a lot from both sides. Um, I, I've been every different variation of person. And and I'm, I'm glad that the bad parts are diluted and, and the good parts are raised. You know, like that's, that's all I could hope. I, I like technology a lot. So I hold myself to those standards. I see myself as software constantly upgrading, updating. So I just want to evolve. And, and I hope society and culture does as well, especially when it comes to bullying.
0: I think with help from people like Brett, we'll keep updating the newest versions of ourselves, kinder, stronger, and more empathetic. Brett's YouTube channel isn't as active as it once was, but there's still plenty of great content to enjoy from his many years as a YouTuber. He's been on YouTube so long that his URL is actually youtube.com slash Brett. Plus, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram.
1: People can follow me uh, on Twitter at Brett the Intern or Instagram at Brett the Intern. This has been great.
0: Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at Pride. Yes, at Pride. It's that easy. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. It's edited by Sebastian Alcala. Green eggs and ham. It's four thousand <laughs> three hundred and sixty-two days overdue. Mm-hmm. It's the freaking wow. best. Yeah.